Ladies and gentlemen, to the Factory Theater Hour, a radio show podcast written and performed by college students and community members from Greenville, Illinois. Tonight, in front of a live audience, we'll bring you a wide variety of skits and sketches, folks and jokes, laughs and gaffs, giggles and jiggles. It's, let's not waste a single minute. Coming up first, a message from the sponsor of the Factory Theater. Message... Hi there, Emily. Uh, eating those chips pretty close to the microphone, huh? Yeah. Hey, uh, can I can I help you? I don't know. Okay. Uh, what? Well, you're really supposed to be backstage right now, so. If... There's nowhere to sit back there. All right. Well, there's you know there's an audience right here, so we have a show to do. Look, all right, you know what? We got lady cops coming up, all right, just a little bit, so you can come out for that. But lady cops are stupid. <sighs> all right, well, hang on. I mean, I, I write that show, so, you know, it's... Yeah, you're stupid. <sighs> Emily. Sorry, Chris. Sorry, she snuck past me again. Come on, sweetie, let's go backstage. But you're not my mom. No, I'm not, but Lord help whoever is. <laughs> So, so sorry about that, folks. She's, well, she's a very talented kid, so we put up with... Anyway, let's uh, get back to the show. Let's take a moment to hear a word from tonight's sponsor, This Pen. This pen, this pen right here. Everybody wants this pen. This pen? I found it in a booth crack at Denny's, and it still works. Cool. How much? What? How much for the pen? This pen? Yeah. This pen right here? That's right. It's not for sale. This pen, this pen right here. Everybody wants this pen. It's mine. This pen, he's got it, you don't. And now, in the gritty city, bad guys never sleep and crime stops for no man. So maybe it's time to get some ladies involved. Step in for another episode of Bangers and Mash, Lady Caps. Lady cops are sweet and pretty. Lady cops packing heat in the city. Lady cops, the cops and their ladies. Lady cops in the 1980s. Lady cops, lady cops. Lady cops is filmed in front of a live studio audience. Bangers, mash in my office now. Yeah, chief. What's up? Hey, uh, listen, uh, how's that uh, ornament case going? Chief, we were in here just like half an hour ago. Gave you a full update. Yeah, Chief, remember? Fifteen more stores reported shoplifting today. The, the ornament outlaw are still at large. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Ornament outlaw? I thought we were going with the Christmas criminal. Well, hey, I wanted the bauble bandit. Nobody but... knows what a bauble is. I know what a bauble is. It, it, it's like an ornament. Then why not just say ornament? Because I don't want to say ornament. I want to say bauble. Oh, you think just because you're smart with all your big words. Well, I know big words, too. Like what? Hermeneutics. Hermeneutics. Yeah. Use it in a sentence. Ah. 
hermeneutics was survived by his wife, Marjorie Udix, and his son, Hermeneutics Jr. That makes no sense. Oh, yeah? How about I use bobble in a sentence then? I'm going to shove this bobble. Okay, all right, all right. Just, just calm down, you two. Yeah, yeah, okay, I remember. Yeah, that ornament outlaw, I, I remember. Chief, are you okay? Yeah, Chief. Well, why'd you really call us in here? <sighs> Listen, uh, this is just... Uh, I, I'm sure you're both busy, so, you know, it, it's fine it, it, if you can't... Beat it out, Chief. Yeah, we've got a shoplifter to catch. <sighs> All right. The wife wanted me to ask the two... You know, Chief, let me, let me stop you right there. Calling her the wife all the time, that's a little demeaning. Yeah, Chief, give it the program. It's 1984. She's got a name. <sighs> that is her name. What? Yeah, that's her name, the wife. What? Yeah, D-A-W-Y-P-H, the wife. It's, it's Hungarian, I think. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, anyway, so the wife wanted me to ask the two of you if, if you'd come over for dinner tonight, you know, to celebrate the holidays or uh, whatever. It's, I'm sure you're both busy, so, you know, I'll just Well, I I'll can just come. Yeah, me too. Nah, you got the whole ornament outlaw thing. Chief, don't you want us to come? It's just the wife, well, she hasn't been quite herself lately, and my weird nephew Terrence is going to be there, so... Chief, it'll be fine. Yeah, Chief, we deal with eccentric people every day. Don't worry about it. You just gotta show off with the big words, don't you? What? Eccentric? Yeah, it means unconventional or slightly strange. Your mama's slightly strange. Listen. All right, now, let's not do this again, all right? So, you'll come tonight. We'll be there, Chief. Fine, now, get out of my office. Already am. See you tonight. Hey, Mash, wouldn't it be funny if the chief wife turned out to be the ornament outlaw? What? Why would you say that? How would that be funny? Not ha-ha funny. You know, more like an interesting twist. Ah, you mean like narrative irony. <sighs> I'm going to go over there and not talk to you for a while. what I do? Off-duty cops, just a couple of ladies at a holiday dinner in the 1980s. Chief and a wife serving ham and potatoes. Lady cops, lady cops. Welcome, welcome. Come in, come in. Oh, thank you. Yes, thank you for having us, Mrs. Chief. Please call me DeWife. <laughs> I can't believe we finally get to meet the famous bangers and mash. Famous? In this house? Yes, Arnie goes on and on about you two. Who's Arnie? Well, she's talking about the chief. Oh, yes, he just can't stop talking about the exploits of you lady cops. Let's see, I think he even made up a little song once. How did it go? Lady cops fighting crime in stilettos. Lady cops changing lives in their ghettos. Something like that. <laughs> Uh, actually, ma'am. <laughs> the wife. Okay, the wife. We don't actually fight crime in stilettos. Yeah, kind of hard to catch a perp in heels. <laughs> a perp in heels. That would make an interesting case, I'll bet. Anyway, where are my manners? Please, let me take your coats. I'll just go drop these in the bedroom. I think Arnie's in the kitchen checking on the ham. Make yourselves at home. Oh, and my sister's boy, Terrence, is around here somewhere. I'll be right back. Did you hear that? What? Perp in heels. Let me take your coat. Would you stop it? Dwight is not the bobble bandit. Listen, you may be all book smarty with your big words, but I've got instincts, okay? And my instincts are telling me that Mrs. Chief is our perp. She is not. She is too. What are we whispering about? Ah. 
did you come from? Toronto. I see that you've met Terrence. I'm Terrence. Hello. Hi. Hi. Yes, Arnie and I don't have any kids of our own, so my sister was kind enough to let us swipe Terrence away for a couple of days during Christmas break. You know, just snatch him up. That's, uh, nice. Swipe. Snatch. Terrence, these are the nice lady cops Uncle Arnie was telling you about. Oh, cool! Like Charlie's Angels! No, not exactly. Do you know the A-Team? No, would would not really... Do you know Magnum P.I.? No, Terrence, those are... Do you know the Dukes of Hazzard? That's not even... Do you know the Golden Girls? Why? Why is... Do you know Alf? Yes. Yes, Alf is a a good friend of ours. Cool. <laughs> Terrence watches a lot of television. Uh-huh. Apparently, Terrence, do your little piece for them. Okay. Terrence wrote a little holiday poem for the Christmas play at school. Oh, cool. <clears throat> <clears throat> On Christmas Eve, I had a dream of stockings full of whipping cream. And people's mouths were full of hair, and dogs were peeing everywhere. It's Christmas time, and I've got cheese to give to those that have no cheese. The end? That's, uh, that's very nice, Terrence. Thank you. just rhyme cheese with cheese. (laughs) Isn't he the sweetest, girls? Excuse me for one minute. I'm going to go help Arnie with the food. You know, I told him to just grill some burglars, but he insisted on ham. I'll just go help him heist it out of the oven. Burglars. Heist. Oh, did I say burglars? I meant burgers. And did I say heist? I meant hoist. Okay, well, I'll just make a quick getaway and be back in a sec. Mash! Okay, I'll admit, that was weird. I'm telling you, it's her. Are we whispering again? What? Terrence! Sorry, I'm a very good whisperer. I practice late at night when everyone's asleep. See, watch. You're a good boy, Terrence. You don't want to hurt anybody. Just calm down. There you go. Nice and calm. Maybe we should move on into the kitchen. You guys, you got you 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 guys want to see Annie's bobble collection? Wait, Terrence, what did you just say? Bobble collection. Auntie's want to see it? Mash, did you hear that? Yeah, the kid's vocabulary is incredible. No, he said Dwight has a collection of ornaments. Uh, yeah, that it sounds a little suspicious. Come on, come on, I'll show you. Okay. is we, we can't just go snooping around the chief's house. Right, it's fine. We're just keeping an eye on Terrence. Come on. Right there, there, there. See, right under that bed. A treasure trove of trinkets, knickknacks, and fripperies. Wow. His vocabulary is so good. Get over it, Mash. Check out the loot. We caught her red-handed. Bangus, do you understand what you're saying? This is the chief's wife. The wife! We, we can't just throw cuffs on her. Yeah, I guess you're right. Terrence, you're sure these are your auntie's ornaments? Babbles. 
Uh, yes, and shh, it is a secret. Oh, boy. Bang is mash. What's going on here? Oh, boy. Uh, Chief, uh, we, uh, we, we, we were just... Why um, are you in our bedroom? Arnie, I'm sure there's a reasonable explanation. Yeah, uh, mash just had to get her Alka-Seltzer out of her, her coat. Her stomach is sensitive to, to ham. Yeah, yup, that's me, old <laughs> ham-sensitive mash. <laughs> that's what they call me. Oh, yeah, the ham. I better go check on that. Uh, Terrence, come help me. Indubitably. Uh, dinner's in five minutes. Oh, he just loves preparing ham. Well, shall we? Oh, ma'am, I, I mean, wife. we couldn't help but notice under the bed. Bangus. Oh, you saw that? Yeah. Uh, we didn't mean to snoop, but, uh, but Terrence... He showed you the little secret? Yes. That must have been quite the surprise. Yes. Uh, can you... Can you explain? Me? Oh, I have no idea what's under that bed. But Terrence said he said it was your collection. Oh, no, no, no. Don't say any more. It's supposed to be a surprise. What? Yeah, what? Terrence is very excited about his Christmas gift for me this year. He's hiding it under my bed, and I'd hate to ruin the surprise. So you have no idea what's under the bed? None whatsoever. Please don't spoil the surprise. See you in the kitchen. So... Terrence is the ornament outlaw. I guess, unless, nah, Mrs. Chief wouldn't be lying to us, would she? Well, I don't know, but but this is gonna be a weird dinner. Let's go eat some ham. Lady cops eating ham off the bone had an awkward dinner. Then they headed home. Is the wife a thief or did the boy act alone? Lady cops, lady cops. Bangers, Mash, in my office. Yeah, Chief. Hey, uh, thanks for coming over last week. It meant a lot to the wife. Uh, it was, it was our pleasure, Chief. Yeah, Chief, our pleasure. <laughs> oh, and Terrence, he, well, he really took to the two of you. Uh, he said he felt like he was Charlie and you were his angels. That's great, Chief. Yeah, yeah. he's really, uh, he's a kid, all right. Yeah. Hey, listen, with the holidays behind us and no more ornaments to steal, I think it's best if we, you know, just call this case closed. Okay. Yeah, Chief, uh, if you think that's best. All right, well, back to work. Do you think the Chief knows? That his house is full of stolen merchandise and his nephew or wife might be a wanted felon? I hope not. What should we do? Hello, lady. Ah, uh-huh. Chief wife. I do wife, Miss Chief. Hi. Oh, Hello. calm down, bangers. Just stopping by to have lunch with Arnie. Listen, I just want to say again how delightful it was to have the two of you over the other night. Oh, and Terrence just could not stop talking about his angels. Yeah, he's quite a kid. <laughs> Isn't he, though? He's just the perfect little accomplice. Um... <laughs> A- accomplice, ma'am? Oh, did I say accomplice? I meant to say accomplished poet. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Did you hear that, Mash? Uh, nope. But Mash, she just the case said... Case closed, bangers. But she's obviously... Case closed! Lady cops and the wife of the chief Bangers and mash think the wife is a thief If you want to find out if the wife's a bad lady Come back next time to the 1980s And the lady cops, lady cops You've been listening to Bangers and Mash, Lady Cops on the Factory Theater Hour. Tonight's FTH players included Chastity Cook as Jessica Bangers, Emily Gaffner as Dolores Mash, Chris Warwick as Chief McGuire, Courtney Bailey Parker as DeWife, and Jess Adam as Terrence. 
Well, folks, up next on the Factory Theater Hour, we have the show that's not afraid to look at both sides of the issue. It's Face to Face. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Face to Face, the show where two opposing views collide in an epic battle of logic and wit. I'm your host, Fleurne Parcell. This week, a dispute that spans the ages, the 1980s versus the 1990s. And now, let's introduce our facers. John Hegenpotham to argue for the 80s. Hello. And Cecilia Witherspoon to argue for the 90s. Yo. Ready? Begin. The 1980s were better for a number of reasons, Flern. Let me begin by pointing out the fact <laughs> Wait that- a minute. Sorry, I forgot to say something. Can I interject, John? I mean, I, I guess as long as it doesn't take any of my allotted time... Oh, the clock's already running. Can't stop it now. I, well, then I don't want you to... I forgot to mention that this show is entirely unbiased, and we will always do our very best to give equal light to both sides of an issue. Okay, that's it. You may continue, John. Okay... I was going to mention that vinyl records and tape cassettes... Oof, you are out of time now, John. (sighs) Cecilia, for the 90s, what's your argument? Well, first off, the film Extremely Goofy Movie was the best film of all time, so jot that down. Jot it. Wait, this isn't fair. I didn't get to finish my argument. John, please be respectful of your contender's time. Yeah, John, respectful. But I just... Cecilia, please continue. Thank you. CDs are also pretty rad. In fact, they pretty much single-handedly did... Oh, wait a minute. What? I just realized how ironic it was that I stopped John's argument in order to say that this show is unbiased and will give both views equal light, which cuts so far into his time that he hardly had any time left to make an argument. So I believe it's only fair that I now cut into your time and bring it back to John. Thank you. As I was saying... Okay, I I think that's enough, John. Well, we've used almost all the time we have set aside for this portion of the show. So, how about you each get one more sentence before we move on? Okay, okay. I want to go first. No, wait, I want to go first? Okay, okay. How about you each take turns saying one word until you've completed your sentences? That's even worse. Yeah, if that's the other option, I'll just let John go first. Nope, too late now. Ready, go. The, the 80s, 90s are, are better. better. There, and that's all the time we have for the debate. I hope you enjoy. Oh, come on, that was stupid. I really got, didn't make an argument. Contestants, your time is up. Now it's time for audience questions. Audience questions? Since when do we do audience questions? Since this week. Anyone in the audience have a question? Oh, oh, I've got a question. Yes, yes, you. Come on up. What's your question? All right. Well, my question is a little complicated, so I decided to split it up into seven parts to make it easier to digest. I hope that's okay. That's wonderful. Go right on ahead. Take all the time you need. All right. The first part I've decided to call gluttony, based off of the first of the seven deadly sins. It doesn't really have anything to do with the question, but I thought it might help you resonate with the question if I gave a name to it. You were right. I already feel a connection to it. That's what I was hoping. Okay, so gluttony goes like this. You may be familiar with the adage, if a tree falls in the woods... Okay, okay, this is unfair. Why does he get so much time? This is ridiculous. Hey, she told me I could take as much time as I needed. No, I didn't get that much time. I can't believe it. You you have time. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Face to Face. Join us next time when we'll have a duck and a rabbit arguing about if it's duck or rabbit season. 
You've been listening to Face to Face on the Factory Theater Hour. Tonight's FTH players included Macy Sepp as Flern, Sophie Yonch as Celia, Ivy Lyons as Craig, and Dalton Jansen as John. Up next, we have our FTH players with a random bitlet for you. This one... Nuh-uh. No. No way. Uh, chastity? She did it again. All right. Uh, calm down. Who did what? You know who, little Miss Potato Chip! Emily? Who else? Okay, well, can we talk about this at a more appropriate... She took my gums. Your gums? Yes. I have my pre-show gum that I chew before the show. Then I have my after-show gum that I chew after the show. Then I have my bedtime gum that I chew at bedtime. Okay, that's... I never... She took them all when rooting around in my purse like a little raccoon with them dark circles on her eyes. Okay, well... I'll have a talk with her. Talk? I want my gums back. Well, you know, with Emily, it's, it's complicated. Complicated how? You know, her, her dad is... The, her dad is the wood. M-A-Y-O-R. Major, like in the army? No, mayor. I don't care if he's President Trump. I want my gums back today. Okay. Uh, again, folks, I'm sorry for that interruption. I, I should probably head backstage to sort this out. Uh, please enjoy the Factory Theater Hour players as they present a short little bitlet for you entitled Special Speaker. I'm so excited about this. Me too. I love it when they bring in special speakers. Oh, here he comes. Uh, thank you, thank you. My name is Sam Simpson, and I'm the world's foremost authority on domestic and international tourism. And as we all know, tourism is growing at a fast rate all over this country. Uh, Susan, is he saying tourism or terrorism? I'm not sure. Well, today I'm going to teach you three easy steps to solve any tourism crisis. Okay? Become a local supporter of local tourism. That's the first step to get this city busting with people and, and in turn, even more tourism. Now, how's that sound? Good. Maybe bad. I'm, I'm not... I feel a mixture of hopefulness and dread. Now, step two. Step two, I want you to enroll your children in a tourism camp today. Now, we've got, we've got several enlistment booths at the rear of the auditorium. Just, just step back there and see my lovely wife, Judy. Judy? Judy, wave to the folks, Judy. Now, I know what you might not be able to tell just by looking at my lovely wife, Judy, there is she does a lot of work with children. Now, just last week, she taught a whole group of kids how to read and write and kill. I, I think it is terrorism. Why would they invite a terrorism recruiter here? Now, step three, make terrorism a priority. When you wake up in the morning and look in the mirror, I want you to say to yourself, you is smart, you is loyal, you is fully committed to terrorism. Now, maybe that means you'll open up a bakery downtown and start selling the most delicious apple pies. No, it's got to be tourism. You're right. Tourists don't eat apple pie. Tourists love apple pie. They love swimming holes. They love a a sense of purpose, don't they, Judy? Judy? That's right. Now, now Judy's going to come around with some pamphlets all about our new children's tourism brigade. Now, you listen close. Now, tourism is the lifeblood of every city. And whether, and either you're with us or, or you're against us. So stand up and be counted. Stand up and say, tourism forever. I honestly do not know what to do. Did he say children's terrorism brigade? M- maybe we should go. Oh, look, he brought pie. Maybe we should stay. <laughs> You've been listening to a random bitlet on the Factory Theater Hour. Tonight's Factory Theater Hour players included Sophie Anches as Susan, Chastity Cook as Belinda, and Jess Adam as Sam. Alrighty, up next we have one of the improvised segments of the Factory Theater Hour, Sound Effects Storytime. Now... 
for this. Myself, Jess Adam, and Sophie Yonches here will be acting out a story based on a suggestion from the audience. And throughout that story, the sound effects specialist, Nick Watterson over here, will randomly press different sound effects that we will then have to incorporate into the story. So, to get this started as the narrator, it's my job to get a suggestion from the audience. So we need a suggestion of a fairy tale or nursery rhyme that people are familiar with. Yeah, no, there's no contenders, so let's go with that one. Okay, and now we begin. Sound effects story time. Nick, you ready? Oh, he's ready. Once upon a time, a long, long time ago, at the North Pole, there lived a man. We won't interrupt him at the moment, but in a moment, he'll come out and introduce himself. We all know him. We all love him. He's jolly. He's bearded. Here he comes to introduce himself. I'm Sanity Claus. Of course, it was Sanity Claus. Every day he worked hard to remain sane, and he usually was successful. But this day would try him. Let's see what happened. Because as he came out of the bathroom, standing there in, in the middle of the forest, he had an outhouse. Standing there in the middle of the forest was a little animal. And she walked up to him and nuzzled him with her nose and introduced herself. Just stand back a little bit. I got it. <coughs> I'm going to have to cut down this tree. <laughs> you, you can't do that. Oh, but why? That is, that is my house. I live there. My name is Rudy, and I am a red-beaked birdie. Well. That's, that's right. It was Rudy the red-beaked birdie. We've all heard of her. <laughs> As Sanity Claus approached Rudy, he thought he saw something magical about her that might help him in his yearly quest to stay sane. I'm not sure if it's, if it's that, that red beak of yours or if my eyes are still watering from the outhouse, but I think, you know, you might be able to help me with a problem I have. And what is that problem? Well... It all started 20 years ago. You see, I used to have a whole team of reindeer to help me travel. Then they were eaten by a horse. <laughs> and ever since then, there's been no Christmas anywhere. And everyone has... Some folks were happy about it. Some folks have been rather disappointed. But I think someone like you might be able to help me take all those disappointed faces and turn them upside down. And take all those happy faces that are happy with no Christmas and make them suffer. <laughs> if, if you are suggesting that I pull that big sleigh, I would have to politely decline. Well, surely you've got family. Cousins, friends, neighbors. Well, since you cut down my tree, they all flew away. Well. At that moment, 
Santa's sleigh crashed into the side of the outhouse. He'd parked it on a hill. That must be my boy. He's always taking that sleigh out for joy rides. You know what? Ever since the reindeer died, we had to make it nuclear powered. That sounds dangerous. It's very dangerous. See? Oh boy, now it's starting to rain. It just set one of those fires, just like out in California. Rudy felt bad for Sanity Claus. She Poor saw Sanity Claus. She saw that he had a problem. He couldn't keep on with the nuclear-powered sleigh. Not at all. And obviously his son was of no use. So she offered to attempt to pull this sleigh all on her own, with no family, no friends, just Rudy. Will, will you train me to fly with your sleigh? Well, I sure can. First, we just gotta install this harness that straps right to your backbone. Come here, I'll just tighten the screws. This is I, kind of uh, uncomfortable. That's good now, see, you couldn't get away even if you tried. <laughs> So, what do you say? You ready to give it a go? You just gotta bat them little wings faster than you ever thought possible. You can do it when I give you a shot of this here called <laughs> Flight Elixir. <laughs> Suddenly, Rudy felt a, a surge throughout her body. She hulked out big time. <laughs> And with Sanity's encouragement, they flew into the sky, and together they sang their Christmas song that they would sing for years to come, called, We Are Two Wonderful Christmas People. We are two wonderful Christmas people. We are two wonderful Christmas people. And if you listen, keep going, if you listen on Christmas Eve... Put your head out the window and just listen. You may just hear them. And you'll say to yourself, There's Rudy. And they all lived happily ever after. The end. Well, folks, it is almost time for intermission, and before that happens, we have one more special treat for you. Our own Nick Watterson, a genius on the keyboard, is going to be playing and singing a very special Christmas song for us tonight, so please help me welcome Nick Watterson. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost sleeping at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by a choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe will help to make the season bright. 
tiny tots with their eyes all aglow will find it hard to sleep tonight. They know that sanity closes on his way. He's loaded lots of toys and goodies on his nuclear sleigh. And every mother's child is gonna spy to see if birdies really know how to fly. And so I'm offering this simple phrase to kids from 1 to 92. Although it's been said many times, many ways, Merry Christmas to you. The time has come. Please enjoy intermission, then join us back right here for the second hour of the Factory Theater Hour. Second half. It's not an hour, I promise.